Don't DNF. I am fairly determined when it comes to accomplishing a task. My wife, Diane, would even say that I'm hard-headed. Well, guilty is charged. And as an endurance athlete, that is even more important. Maybe it's just a manifestation of my German descent, but I don't easily change directions. It's not that I don't like change. It's just that when I start a direction, I've given it considerable thought, believing it to be the right thing to do. So unless the outcome is really bad, I'll stick with it until there is a compelling reason to change. That being said, I know that in the grand scheme of life, not finishing a triathlon is not really a big deal. But in the endurance world, not finishing a race is like bearing shame. Have you ever seen video footage of triathletes crawling on all fours or staggering across the finish line or falling down and continuing to get back up until they finish? I guess you could say that we triathletes are a little bit compulsive when it comes to training and finishing a race. The dreaded DNF. <laughs> DNF means did not finish. Personally, I have never DNF'd a race. And I can promise you that in the eight years of competing in numerous triathlons, starting when I was 55, that there were plenty of times I asked God for the strength and desire to complete a difficult race like my first and last Ironman distance race. Now, I primarily train for Olympic, sprint, and half iron distance races. While racing my Ironman triathlon, which was only my third triathlon, consisting of swimming 2.4 miles in Lake Erie, hopping on my bike and riding 112 miles, only to finish the race by running a full 26.2 mile marathon. You can bet there was plenty of prayer time. Not what I expected. Competing in and training for triathlons proved to be much more difficult than I had imagined, which is exactly how pastoring unfolded for me. And I will guess for most of you as well. I just wanted to be an Ironman. <laughs> well, entering the ministry, I just wanted to see people saved and change the world. It proved to be far more difficult than I had imagined it to be. I guess we all need harder heads in the ministry so we don't quit. Most leaders have them. Moses had a hard head, as did Joshua. However, I don't want to be so hard-headed that I don't take criticism or change direction when it's warranted, but I do want to be like Ezekiel as he faced the hard hearts of Israel. When the Lord told him in Ezekiel chapter 3, but the house of Israel is not willing to listen to you because they're not willing to listen to me. For the whole house of Israel is hardened and obstinate, but I will make you as unyielding and hardened as they are. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or terrified by them, though they are a rebellious house. Don't DNF whatever you do. So what I'm trying to point out here, and it depends on where you are in your tenure as a pastor, don't DNF something you're supposed to finish. Don't allow the repeated emotional trauma to morph you into that poisonous cynic referred to earlier. It is possible to finish and to finish well, but this is not about easy. This is about how to endure hardness as a good soldier. Keeping your lofty goals while stoking the fire of your passion will go a long way to getting you to the finish line. 
How Not to DNF. In my previous article, Passion to Cynicism, I outlined what I call my 3D legacy framework. The three Ds being disconnect, distract, and de-stress. If you don't want to DNF your calling, then you absolutely must disconnect from your ministerial drivetrain. Maybe you're even hard-headed like me, but listen, none of us is bulletproof. And to think that we are is to be naive to the point of self-destruction. Listen, I use my headstrong character to choose to disconnect even when I don't really want to. The truth is that I need to disconnect. How many of us pastors, when asked how things are going, puff out our chest, so to speak, and say something like, my favorite phrase, well, I'm busier than a one-legged man in a soccer game. (laughs) I hope you get the mental image of that one. While some think it's a badge of honor, the truth is that it is a recipe for disaster. Listen, we read and hear far too many stories of yet another pastor falling from grace as they crash and burn in a moral failure. We shake our heads and wonder how in the world they could do that. I'll tell you how. It comes from an entitlement mentality that they didn't have when they entered the ministry. I've seen the same thing in law enforcement officers. They start out straight as an arrow and end up getting arrested for a DUI or even a a worse domestic violence charge or even criminal behavior. How does that happen? The inevitable outcome of vocational or emotional trauma not properly dealt with is risky or immoral behavior because it is such a radical opposite to their by-the-book career. I've talked to pastors as well who once believed in alcoholic abstinence only to cross a conviction they once held by stating that, you know, it just takes the edge off. I've heard the same excuse for medication that turned into addiction. Before you know it, you feel entitled due to all the stress coming your way as a result of a career of service to others because no one knows what lengths you go to serving your people. That is not a healthy distraction. It's a destructive distraction. Personally, I really like riding my triathlon bike 30 to 40 miles at a time with the goal of averaging 20 miles per hour in my 60s. It's a great disconnect and distraction. Not only that, but doctors tell us that 20 to 30 minutes of aerobic exercise five times a week can be better than medication for mental health depending on your situation. I do know this that the worst thing we can do is nothing by sitting around, immobile, and just thinking about whatever it was that put us in a funk, like getting thrown under the bus in a board or business meeting, or a dip in attendance or offerings. I'm certainly not saying that someone has to do what I do, but I am saying that you have to do something that disconnects you from your ministerial drivetrain because that is how we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Disconnected activity is the designer's way of us coping and healing an emotional wound created by extremely stressful situations. I can't tell you the number of ugly scenes I have come upon as a law enforcement chaplain, like murder scenes, or having to deliver the worst possible news anyone can receive in a death notification, etc. Add that to my normal day of pastoral stuff, ranging from zero to 10 on the scale of difficulty, and you could say that is stress, and you would be on point. 
but I can also tell you it is a very rare occasion that I don't get into bed at the end of the day and fall asleep fairly quickly. You see, I have learned the art of disconnection and distraction. And while I'm disconnected and distracted, I begin to de-stress. Pastor, you need to implement and practice this 3D legacy framework in your life and ministry. It could save your career, your marriage, and truthfully, maybe even your life. There's much more to come. For more, visit my podcast, Emotional Survival for Pastors at PastorJohn.net.